On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome one and all to another uh, episode of the Mile High Pundit, uh, episode two coming at you. I hear from uh, Fort Collins, my name's Joel, and our episodes will now be dropping on Fridays, guys. So uh, some big news there, and uh, I'm going to bring on my, my co-host Jared here as well. Uh, Jared, how you doing today? Good, man. Good. It's At least it's not raining like it was last week, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, scorcher. Scorcher for sure. Hot. Um, one of the big things before we get into anything else, um, one of the one of the questions I actually got a couple of times from people was uh, the the music at at the start and the close of our show. Um, so the, the the music at the start and close is by a, a guy named Bazanji. Um, I found him listening to a, a different podcast. Yeah, it must have been two three years ago now, and his uh this is his song called fed up it is copyright free so we're not going to get a um a dmca strike which is awesome because we don't plus one for the good guys we don't we don't need that um but do check out all of his music on spotify apple music he's got a bunch of good stuff out there um and it's it's nice because there's a lot of content creators who are or, uh, or music music creators who are out there saying look you guys can use our music for free we're not gonna ask for any any money off of it so if they're gonna keep doing that we'll keep using it that's for sure I definitely know and it's just great you know everyone everyone has a shot to you know express themselves just the way that the way that was meant to be you know as far as just the freedom of speech goes you know you know as as it isn't copyright you know like you're saying but exactly uh, super super talented i was i was actually checking out some stuff after that so yeah you got did, did you do any fishing this week uh you know i i did find time to get out there one time just because it was so hot like i'm talking like high 90s up here so and it, it was and just, it's a dry heat too that's the worst part yeah, yeah really 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 dry heat too so only got out there once but it was it was a good day uh got on some fish and actually ended up catching the first one in, in probably the most hilarious way i had just like lost a fish and i was reeling it in and i slapped my lure into the water just out of like frustration almost and a little guy like probably the size of the lure just darted out and basically just hooked himself uh, oh, across. like startling but it was hilarious just and i'm just I was like, all right, little guy, like got him off and, you know, made sure he's okay and just went right back into those rocks. So, well, well you know uh, what they say, man, a, a bad day of fishing is better than the worst than the best day at work. So very true. Very true. Good day <laughs> at, at fishing is better than your best day at the office. <laughs> You're not wrong either, man. I, I've, I've never, I gotta be honest, I've never gotten into fishing. I, I used to go with my, with my grandma, my grandpa when I was a kid and I just, I never got into it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it's great just to kind of you know kill some time and yeah, just a lot of fun, especially with with all this going on. Uh, the social distancing aspect of it's nice to um, get out of that gets you out of the house. Uh, but what about you? Been you doing uh, any golfing recently? So I I was supposed to play this week. Um, it, it was it it was it was finals week for uh, my master's courses. So I, I actually spent all of. 
Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So five straight days, I sat staring at my computer, working on everything from papers to a PowerPoint presentation to I had to write a an IEP off of a case study. So an IEP is an individualized education plan for um for students with disabilities or um some sort of defect where they they can't learn in a normal school setting essentially they need to have accommodations so th- things of that nature but I, I was supposed to play this week I'm, I'm probably not going to get out this week honestly even with it being the holiday weekend but I, I did go to the range yesterday and I, I went with the goal of uh, of working on my long iron so um, five iron four iron and two iron um, I'm one of the weird people who keep a two iron in the bag my, my grandfather always told me God invented a two iron because only he could hit it and then Tiger Woods could hit it so that's just one of those weird weird stories where I'm like well Grandpa, guess what I have in the bag now? Sorry, I just totally defied you. <laughs> um, that two iron. I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been I've been having an issue with with hooking with drawing the ball a little bit too much. It's instead of drawing just a, maybe five ten feet, it's drawn fifteen to twenty right now. So it's a pretty big right to left swing, and it, it looks like a it looks like a slider for all intents and purposes in the air. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to get rid of that after shooting my my low score of the year last week which was an 82 and i i mean i played out of my mind that day and that was with a lost ball too in there somehow i don't know how i still scored an 82 but um got away <laughs> it's the best round of it that's that's awesome man. yeah so i it's, it's just trying to work on just little things and like putting was good i worked on some putting i worked on uh chipping around the green coming out of the sand which i've been having some problems with lately so yeah it, it was just good to get out there i mean i went out yesterday and did it um and it was just to take a break from homework and it god it was hot yesterday too and i just went out and hit probably hit about 150 balls yesterday over the span of two two and a half hours but yeah, yeah i mean that like i said it's probably about as much golf as I got through this week. Unfortunately, I wish I had a better story than that, but I should, I, I will have one next week. Cause I'm going to play twice next week. So I'll, I'll at least have a story for you next week. All right. No worries. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, especially it's kind of in, in other news here, kind of just some quips, uh, Cam Newton, Pat's wait to sign him last day, that vet minimum deal just, you know, earns just a massive troll fest from a bunch of Broncos fans, because we all know, basically what happened the last time we saw him it get to see him again in week five so. did, did you see what the broncos put out on twitter i did <laughs> and and they, were, they did. didn't they didn't at the patriots they didn't at cam newton it was the ultimate the ultimate troll job of the broncos social media staff and their social media managers of von miller strip sacking cam newton from super bowl 50 that led to the first touchdown uh, which was a defensive touchdown if i if i remember that correctly i think it was malik jackson who picked it up Jackson picked it up like yep. in, the, in the end zone. I think that play. Yeah, and I, I just remember everyone celebrating, and and Von Miller just like rolls his head and dabs because that was just the whole thing was just making fun of Cam Newton the entire time. And but yeah, I, I I'm I'm interested to see how that works with the Patriots and and with Belichick because Belichick hasn't had to change his offense in the last 15 years. And true, if if he is going to adjust to this. What's he going to do? Is he going to go to more of a, an RPO, run pass option? Is he going to have more shotgun sets, more pistol sets? Like, like, like what, what is he going to do? Because, I mean, you got the guns. You got Julian Edelman still on the outside. Uh, I, I think the main thing is, is they really like that Stidham guy uh, as just like a, a total prospect for a quarterback. I think they, knowing Belichick too, I, I mean, you know, they, they call it Belichick for a reason. And we'll probably have a couple packages designed for him. Um, but just because of his injury history, especially, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's going to be starting. Um, he's good enough to start, but I, it's just one of those things where we'll, we'll just have to wait and see for sure. Um, but regardless, uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to playing them week five now more than ever um, because it is the Patriots and we get to play Cam Newton again. So uh, definitely excited to, to see that as well here. Yeah. And it- the, the other thing that's kind of flying under the radar right now is that the NFL dropped the preseason games down to two this week. And I, it, it, it really makes me wonder if those guys who are undrafted and who are just signing on to, you know, it's kind of just like your prove it deals and see if maybe you can make the squad. How, how many of those guys are going to miss out on possibly getting a job? Because I, I, I want to say his name's like, is it Jordan Taylor, the, the long blonde haired kid for the Broncos, who was the practice uh, squad guy with, uh, with Peyton well, Manning? Everyone called him uh, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Sun, yeah, exactly. And he, 
he was one of the guys who got a job out of the week four preseason game last year. So it, it, I, I really wonder, like, how many of these guys are going to miss out on on jobs because of this? I mean, it's it's tough, uh, it, it, but it, it does give them that ex- incentive just to work that much harder in camps and OTAs. <laughs> really put the, you know an, an impression on, in their on their drill coach, especially, and um, you know you know their coach for for their uh, you know for their for their position group. Um, it just, you know, it puts a lot more emphasis, I think, into into the true, you know, preseason of things. Um, you know, granted, you know, game time, it's, you know, it's where a lot of those players will shine. You know, it's how we got, you know, guys like Philip Lindsay, you know, guys who were undrafted even. Yeah. But just because it's COVID and just because I think it's a one-time thing and it's, it's just for you know, the safety of the league and preseason so i've never really been a fan of preseason i've always been you know kind of like let's get into the games like so take it with a grain of salt but you know it it is something that makes sense but but i'm just not sure that i'm a fan of necessarily like i don't know like the two games definitely like for sure was the right call in my opinion yeah and i mean because the players have been saying i mean let's 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 limit the preseason games and we can play like an extra regular season game instead but yeah that the right. owner, but then the owner's like, well, you can only play 16 games then because that's all we've contracted you for is to play 16 regular season games. And that was just a whole nother mess. But we, we can get into that at a later time anyways. Of course. Yeah, we, we have uh, a couple couple good topics for, for our listeners here today. Um, we're we're going to be getting in topic one here talking about the NHL draft lottery here. Uh, one of those things that it definitely feels like just the impact of the lottery overall and just not knowing what happened, you know, I mean, I mean, you get the, the two through eight, but just not knowing the whole point of a lottery is to figure out who goes one. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and this, and, and spit and chicklets put this out too. And I, I think I said it to you before I even saw that tweet was this just made these playoff games way more interesting. These qualifying well, yeah. round games, these are going to yeah. be huge now because you're either going to get into to, to going for the cup or you got theoretically a, a one in eight shot to to win the draft lottery and possibly pick up uh, Lafreniere. Hundred percent, and you know it's those things where it's like the you know the Kings, Ottawa, Detroit. I mean, the the draft lottery itself goes, you know. Still know who's picking one. Uh, the Kings at two, which is a pretty good consolation prize for them because big rebuild and they've got some really good prospects. Well, yeah, and, and they jumped uh, up from fourth. Like, like, like how yeah. can you be upset with that? Like, like I remember, what was it? A couple of years ago, um, when the Abs were supposed, when they had the worst record overall, they they dropped all the way down to fourth. And I'm like, and at the time we're all going, are you kidding me? Because I, I want to say that was the Nico Hiche draft. Um, when the abs dropped all the way back, but I, was, I, I could be completely wrong. But and we were all sitting there going, I can't believe we just lost the draft lottery for the second time. This is ridiculous. Kind of one of those things, you know. Lottery, lotteries, just in general. I've never really liked the format necessarily, just just because you know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily guarantee that the that the worst team's going to get better. Um. Plus, you do have, you know, just a really deep draft in general. And, and, um, and we haven't seen a deep draft, like a, a, a true deep draft since probably the 2003 class, which had um, Crosby, Ovechkin, Crosby, Ovechkin, all those guys in it. And that was the deepest draft we've probably seen in the last 20, 30 years at, at the very least. Because even Nathan McKinnon's draft year of 13, it was McKinnon or Seth Jones. There was no in between. Yeah. And then after that, it was, it was McDavid just, Eichel. Yet after that, and that, and speaking of the, the Buffalo Sabers, like, can you just talk about bad luck losers? Yeah, <laughs> went all the way to eighth. I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, because you also have the teams nine through fifteen um, in this mix that you know, undetermined qualifiers basically that are going to have you know it's it's basically based off regular season points yes um so i mean you know each team in the qualifying 
uh, round, you know, each team that got in, they they each had an equal shot at the top three picks with eight like placeholder spots is how they how they described it. Uh, having better than a six percent chance. So you go into the second round of things it jumps up to a 12.5% chance. Yep. All, all eight of those teams have a 12.5% chance because it, it's, it's a crapshoot of, Hey, who's going to get it. And, and the team that actually won that. So they, they actually sent out who actually won it out of those team, like a through, I want to say it's like G or H was what it was out of those a teams. Four, it was team E who won that with a 2.5% chance to win the draft lottery. 25 out of a thousand simulations would have gotten that right. And just so you guys know, as far as like team A, B, C, and D, they didn't have very good. I mean, team A came in at a 6% chance. B came in at 5%. Uh, team C, whoever that was, was 35 and then team three. Yeah. And, 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 the, and, the, and the worst part too is that statistically, Ottawa had the best chance out of everybody. They held two draft picks for a combined 25%. And they, and, one of their draft picks, which was the third overall pick from San Jose, which they got in the Eric Carlson trade, stayed at three. But then their own pick, when they finished second worst in the NHL, dropped all the way to fifth. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I, it just seems like everything that can go wrong with Ottawa has gone wrong and will continue to go wrong for, for just un, unknown reasons. They hold on to the draft pick the first year, which then Colorado gets the fourth overall and ends up taking Kale McCarr. Or Bone Byron. I'm sorry, Bone Byron. Bone Byron was that year. So they lose the draft lottery there. And then the year before that, the Avs pick Kale McCarr fourth overall after dropping from number one with the worst record. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I am now, right now, I'm obviously very happy we dropped to fourth both years. Byron's insane, as well as, you know, Calder McCarr over there. Oh, gosh. As far as defenseman goes, once Byron, I'm excited for him to get. You know, the abs, it's going to be the first time they'll actually be able to showcase what kind of talent this guy has because, I, I mean, I don't really think too many people have necessarily been, I mean, I mean, I know I, I have because it's just, I'm, I'm a big, you know, Colorado hockey fan in general, so, and it's part of my job, uh, but, uh, you know, just looking at the amount of talent that he actually you know, show showed off it, with with Vancouver. Uh, it was amazing. He uh, just you know going off. I mean, I mean, Jared, you can get into some of the stats, but um, he was that last that last sort of piece in the Duchesne deal. So mm-hmm. rebuild, as far as I'm concerned, like that. You know, I, I'm excited to have that as a final opinion. Well, and and the crazy part too is that. And I, I sent you a, a YouTube video from a guy named Steve Dangle at uh, Sportsnet in Canada. He does these trade trees, and he actually went over this trade that Joe Sakic masterfully fleeced. And, and he would he call he calls up and says, "Hey, I'll give up one person, but you guys combined got to give me seven things." And this is just looking like an absolute steal. And we can get into that trade in, in another podcast because that trade is absolutely insane how he pulled that off but um is the reason why the abs are the way that they are today if 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 the abs and you can quote me on this if the abs don't win at least one cup in the next 10 years this trade will be a failure that's the only way this trade's a failure 100 percent. and and i think that you know they're they're on track to win multiple cups just if they keep everyone I agree, and and and, and like you were talking with uh, with Bowen Byram, um, he, he fourth overall pick in 2019, which was the pick from the Duchesne deal to um, to Ottawa. He's he's a six two, 192 pound right handed shot defenseman. So kind of kind of he's a bigger dude than Kale McCarr is, but he's still the same right handed shot. He scored 46 goals, 104 assists for 150 points in 177 games in the WHL and that's three full seasons I, I, I didn't count in his first 11 game year because it was it, that's kind of a tough one to throw on a kid who's honestly yeah. 16 coming into the, to the WHL which is a it, it's a brute league like, like that league is a very tough league that, that's a hard hitting league there was a lot of fights there's a lot of good competition in there but for, for a defenseman scoring 150 points in the WHL those are pretty insane numbers. And, and just in the last two seasons combined, he's over a point per game. 
So he's he's either he's either on the score sheet or he's not on the score yeah. sheet, but he's out there for goals. He was a plus, he was combined plus fifty two. We were talking last week about Ryan Graves being a, a what was a plus forty this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the that the the kids got some skill. <laughs> we'll we'll put it that way. And and, um, and his and and his comparison at the draft was Drew Doughty, but with more skill. If if that tells you any type of player, what he's going to be heavy hitting, good on D, he's going to want to kill penalties. He doesn't need to run the power play, and you don't need him to run the power play. You got Kale McCarr and you got Sam Gerrard locked up for at least the next seven years. Oh yeah, you know, just you know, with all this too, Zadorov is kind of the odd man. Um, you know, it was good to see him back in the Pepsi Center and skating too. You know, I saw that they were able to bring him back and brought back guys like Landis Gog to uh, operation for this training camp. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's really good to uh, know that you're, that what you have waiting in the wings, you, you know, Zadorov like, okay, but you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, people view him as our enforcer, but maybe Biram could develop into just a more skilled enforcer. And, and the other thing that I don't size. think anybody's thinking about just yet, cause it's still another year off. Does that make Zadorov expendable in the expansion draft? There's been rumors, nothing, nothing, nothing for sure. But but there's been talk about it. Uh, you know he is because I mean everyone loves EJ. You know he's he's one of those guys where uh, you know especially with with his hockey smile and you know I love him as a player. Uh, and then you also got. And um, and then yeah, just the the young guns and Gerard and Makar, who are you know those faster paced guys. And Makar had just a just a banner of a of a of a rookie year. And you know getting Biram, who you know basically put a clinic on the WHL, like you were saying, especially in the playoffs too. Uh, no less, it's it's going to be really nice to get him. Um, the other big piece of news was. That uh, the hub cities for the playoffs were almost decided as two Canadian cities for the playoffs, which which would have been huge. Yeah, and and it's sounding like, and this is from Bob McKenzie at TSN, that Edmonton's going to host both the conference finals, so East and West conference finals, and the Stanley Cup finals in Edmonton. Which I mean, Edmonton just got a new barn a few years ago, so that's awesome. So it's going to be state of the art. There's going to be tons of tons of practice area, tons of training facilities, tons of tons of locker rooms, locker room space. Um, but but along with this, they just changed this today. Actually, um, the NHLPA and the NHL came out and said that look, we're going to push back training camps officially starting. It was originally July 10. It's now going to be July 13, which I had wrong in the last podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and take the blame on that. I thought it was this week. I got really excited about hockey. Um, it happens. It but, happens. You know. But another a huge piece of this of of the negotiations still ongoing is they're also doing a new a new collective bargaining agreement, a new CBA. Um, which will put, and they're trying to, and, and the players are heavily pushing to have NHLers back in the Olympics starting in 2022. I missed that. I've yeah. missed that so much. In Olympics too, it's, it's one of the few, I love watching Olympic hockey. You, know, you get, you get your classic powerhouses like Canada and Russia in there every year. It's just fun watching those guys with their their teammates and what they can do it's it's always something special when when they're playing for the gold for sure yeah and and there's there's so much and you see it at the world junior level there's so much pride when you play for your country it's just like when you play in the world cup if with soccer there's just there's so much pride in the world baseball classic too if we want to add that one in there when machado's playing for for the dominican republic arnado's for the u.s and there's just there's that sense of nationality that sense of pride and you don't you don't get that without the Olympics, exactly, and yeah. and and when these players go, they they take it just as seriously as they do NHL games. Is it not as physical? Yeah, it's not. But I mean, the the level of the quality of play the, this past Olympics in Sochi compared to what it what it was previously, or not Sochi, because um, in Sochi we still had the NHLers. And, um, and yeah. oh gosh, where was it? South Korea. I want to say Pyeongchang sounds right. Yeah. Um, the, the level of play was just so much different and the women's games were more interesting to watch. 
So it, it'll, I think it'll be a good thing to get the NHLers back in. Will it happen? Who knows? But I, I think that'll be a great piece for, for that to happen. Most definitely. You know, everyone's everyone's excited for, for Olympic hockey and, you know, just the start of this NHL uh, training camp too. I'm, I'm really excited for them to get you know, more information to us as far as uh, just this round of qualifiers. Yeah, and like, and I, everything I've been seeing is that they're working day and night right now just trying to get something hammered out as quickly as possible so they can get training camps going and, and get players back in the building in a safe way and not having to worry about what are we going to do about this? If this happens, what happens with this? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down the line. So I, th- this is a big step that they're trying to take and they're trying to do it as quickly as they can. I love the fact that, the, that there, you know, if there was any doubt that the players were quarantining with their families, their house, you know, and then you get, you get them back in good morale, you know, yeah. Landis Cog came back, uh, Zadorov came back, they were skating, other guys there as well. It, it's just, it's an all around good vibe. It's a good feeling, um, you know, especially getting your captain back too. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, from, uh, it's, it's great, you know, uh, a lot of positive, a, a lot of positive buzz about this going around. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be pulled off. I think we will have a playoffs and it'll be very, very exciting as we were talking about, uh, in this yeah. long podcast yeah yeah and don't worry this one this one this week will is not going to go nearly as long we've we, we learned our lesson last time was okay we gotta kind of minimize it a little bit but yeah we, we'll, we're just really excited guys yeah a little yeah. more structure this week um but yeah and the the a really another really big topic of news that came out this week was uh the nba releasing their schedule for the games you played in, in uh, orlando florida that, that was a big one too. Uh, and that slate's just going to consist of hundreds of games being played over the course of, they don't really have a set time for it. It, uh, it looks like it's going to be about two weeks. That's it. It's going to be a two week span. Two week span. But I mean, just a ton of games you got like around Robin stuff. Play uh, 18, eight games. Basically. Uh, Miami, Oklahoma city, San Antonio, uh, Portland, Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Raptors. So when you look at it, it's a very tough opening. You know, as far as seeding for playoffs goes, it's going to be very grueling for, for this young Nuggets team. The, the lowest ranked team the Nuggets play is San Antonio, and they're ranked 12th in the West. Everybody else is in a, is, was at the time of the stoppage, was in a spot to make a push for the playoffs. Portland is the only other team who's not currently in a de facto playoff spot if we're going traditional season because they're sitting at ninth. But and, and I mean, everybody still, else here, you, this, is, this is a murderer's row for the, for the Nuggets. Like this is, if you want to talk about who's going to probably be the best team going into the playoffs, it's going to be the Nuggets. I mean, you know, it, it is murderer's row, but take that with with a little bit of of optimism almost because as far as the actual pool of teams goes the nuggets are the only team in the nba to beat every single team invited to orlando this year at least once they beat portland you know beat portland this year one time um and and just it's one of those things where no, it's 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 nice because you know that they have that familiarity there. They they've played these teams. They're very familiar with these teams. Um, despite the tough schedule, Jared, I, I've got them going either five and three or six and two, depending on their. Start. I I have them for sure at six and two. Um, I there was a little piece of me that leaned to seven and one. Um. I, I don't think they beat the Lakers. Um, they haven't played well against the Lakers all year. Um, and it's especially with just in, with, with how top heavy the Lakers are, man, it, it's so hard to beat that team right now. Um, they don't match up well with the Nuggets. They really don't. No. I mean, have the Nuggets beating the Heat. I mean, we'd won the, the 
plus three against the Heat anyways this year. Um, the Thunder, I have us beating the Thunder because we won the previous and beat us this year. Um, the Spurs, everyone, know, everyone knows how that worked out in the playoffs last year. I've got the Nuggets winning that game. Uh, I've got them beating the Blazers. I have them losing to one of the L.A. teams. Not sure if it's going to be the Lakers or the Clippers because the Nuggets have had their struggles. Uh, it, it, you know, they basically they, they split the series with the Clippers. They they won one and lost one, and with the Lakers, they lost in the very beginning of the season. They won in a game without LeBron James, and they killed them. And and then they lost in overtime at home, and that overtime loss at home is definitely going to be more so of that, that caliber, that intensity of what we're going to feel. Hopefully, hopefully once game get back to, to action here. Yeah. And I, the, the really nice way, the really nice part about how the schedule sets up for the Nuggets is that they only play one back to back and that's San Antonio and then Portland, the two, I, I'm not going to call them weakest teams because at this point in the season, no one's a weak team. Um, so they're playing the two those two teams back to back, but they're playing eight games in thirteen days. So I mean, it is hard and heavy with the amount of pressure that's going to be put on this team. And for guys like Murray, who had had hit kind of a few rough patches during um, during the season of where he wasn't hitting threes, he was missing pull up jumpers. It, th- this is going to be huge for him to get going quickly and immediately. And I mean, I mean, right now with the Nuggets having to close their facility, I I, I do wonder if that's going to affect them in those first two games against Miami and Oklahoma City. No, it might. We might see him get off to a slow start. Oh, you know, especially with Jamal Murray too. You you got to remember he was injured for a lot of the season. He was always nursing that left ankle. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's nice that. He was able to take time and fully, you know, fully rehab that that ankle of his. And I think we're going to get hopefully just a lot more of a of a consistent play out of Jamal Murray. You know, obviously we got to talk about Skinny Jokic for a little bit, right? Dude, he looks good. <laughs> like, like, like no, like, like Man Crush Monday, right there. Like with how he looks right now. The the the, the, the uh, Siberian cyborg. He looks lean. He looks ready to go, and he he looks like he's dropped at least fifteen pounds. Uh, and a lot of people were were speculating whether or not it was because of the coronavirus. And there was multiple guaranteed, uh, you know, guaranteed sources that said, "Hey, you know, he's been quarantining with his family here in Serbia. He's been getting tested daily here. You know, he he didn't develop this until." almost immediately going back, you know, basically he didn't get COVID until he was about ready uh, to fly. And he's been, he's been well, and actually recently. I I wonder if he, if he got COVID when he went to that, to that, uh, to that basketball game in Serbia, when he was spotted and mingling with players and coaches in Serbia, I, I wonder if that's where he got it. I'm not sure he he might have, but it's one of those things. It's just too tough to tell, especially with with that virus, you know. Uh, but it it's nice because you get the feeling that you know he really he really took all that. No means am I calling. There was a little there was a little bit of a, a bias in the league, but whenever the Nuggets were on national television, I would always catch the announcers just kind of slipping up about his, his style of play, not necessarily knocking it, but just saying like, Hey, you know, he doesn't really get back. Like he's kind of chonky. He doesn't really, but you get this guy now and he definitely looks like he's lost at least 15 pounds. I mean, he looks like Kevin Durant as far as his build goes. He mm-hmm. looks skinny. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, just, just type in Jokic skinny and on Google, it'll pop up for sure. And, and, and Charles Barkley's always been the one guy who said, I don't care what he looks like. The dude can play. And for a guy like Charles Barkley to come out and say that, who's always been very, very opinionated about everything from, uh, he, he was always very opinionated about how Kevin Durant was playing and the super teams and everything else like that. But he's always, he's been very upfront. Like, no, Jokic is, he's a top five player in this league, not even at his position, just in the league. 
Oh, definitely. It's it's amazing that still the debate, debate, the debate whether or not he's the best center in. Well, I mean, but you have you, but you have Antetokounmpo now. Like that's kind of a tough one at that he's, point. He's, he's not really a center though. He's he's more of a he, he plays power forward. That's okay. Only the only center in the league that you can really compare to Jokic, in my opinion, is even nearly the same amount of success as Jokic is Embiid. And I don't think Embiid's a better player than him. Did, did you see some? I think some Philly sports writer who put out there was like, "We should trade Jokic for Embiid straight up, one for one, and it helps both teams." I'm like, "How does that help Denver?" That's just that's just a Philly fan wanting Jokic and realizing that what they have with Embiid, someone who can't stay healthy for a whole season. Um, yeah. But as far as Jokic goes, you know they do give him a little bit of flack, but he was he let he played so much. And especially when, when the Nuggets were, you know, down on their luck with injuries. I mean, there was, you remember, I mean, again, this seems like so long ago, but the, there was a time where the, you know, the trade deadline had just happened. So they were, they were down a bunch of players. They just let go, you know, of Malik Beasley and Wancho and, and all those guys. And they had brought in those, those, uh, like Keita Bates-Diop and, um, uh, McCray, so some other guys too, but didn't really play that much. We, we basically had a seven man rotation and we went in, you know, it was like the night of a back to back. I think seven guys played, you know, the full, full 48 minutes and they ended up beating Utah in Utah on the back on the night of that back to back. And, you know, Jokic will always give you a solid stat line, whether he's helping out his teammates or he's scoring. And he's actually rated sixth best in the league as far as defensive metrics per minute. Not necessarily has to do with blocks, but his steals impact that very much. Yeah, and and the other thing, here's just a really random thing, is I, I do wonder with Utah if there's going to be an issue with team morale after what happened. I mean, I mean that was plastered over every major sports network that it was Rudy Gobert and it was just, it was his fault because he touched the microphones and he touched the recorders and A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And it, it really does make me wonder, is there going to be some sort of issue in the locker room going into this tournament? You can never really be certain about those things, but just with the way that everyone reacted to that, I mean, you got to remember, it was right in the middle where everyone was just terrified about this. And Gobert basically made an absolute fool of himself by saying, hey, you know, I don't care about basically anyone's safety here. I'm going to go ahead and touch all the mics. And just because of, you know, Murphy's law, he ends up getting, you know, he ends up testing positive for for coronavirus. And, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell had a big falling out with him afterwards because of that. But said that they patched things up, but it'll be interesting to see their chemistry. I don't know if they're all quite there yet as a team, but Gobert's apologized uh, to the league. You know, he, he sent out like a tweet afterwards and, and stuff, but, but yeah, just remembering how people reacted to that and just the overall, like, Oh no, like it's, it's happening like this. It's it basically, you know, it was one of those main events that happened before that, that big shutdown. So with the players all knowing that, I think there's going to be much more of a, you know, of a, of a general revered respect for, for all that stuff. And it's going to be taken really seriously. Um, but it's going to be great seeing that they'll have, they have five nationally televised games uh, on ESPN and TNT. So, and you, you can obviously all watch them uh, on altitude as well. As, as long as you uh, don't have Comcast. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I personally don't even have cable in my house, so I, I just end up streaming the games. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean, there's tons of good streaming websites out there. Like, I do it for the Avs games, and you end up meeting a good community of people, so. <clears throat> yeah, always great. Um, yeah, so so Jared, if you, if you want to kind of get into this this next topic here, uh, be there. The, the I, I love how the Rockies put this out. So the Rockies officially announced their fifty six uh, man, their fifty six players that they're going to invite to um, spring training two But they put in their tweet that said this will now be known as the summer training roster. I love it. We I think you said that last week too, and it, it I think it went like right over my head when I was listening back to it. I was like, how did I miss that? That, that was phenomenal. That's a, that's a great that's a great audio clip we could use forever. Um, oh, definitely. But the the biggest news coming out of the Rockies camp 
in the last week was um, Ian Desmond opting out. And he he's opting out um, like, like you see a lot of prominent players are doing across every league. Um, he, but he's opting out for the reason of he, he wants to be around his family and he wants to make sure that he's, he's teaching his kids at home, um, and, and spending time with them. Well, the, the, the thing that he's doing is he's, he's opting out of his contract for this year, which means he's not getting paid. So, I mean, he's, he's losing out on $15 million this year. So it's, it's not a slight chunk of change. He was one of the highest paid Rockies players. So, you know, walking away, especially at, this year was the year he was supposed to make all that money. So mm-hmm. definitely a state, you know, it's a statement from him. Uh, he had this great Instagram post too, that just kind of beautifully summarized sort of just everything that was going on uh, with, in respect to his life and, and his impact that he's had on baseball uh, just for all of us, you know, it's, it's good to see guys like Ian Desmond are still out there. Mm-hmm. And and, there, and there's a lot of people who are like, are like well, you know, that's that's a great thing because it helps the the Rockies lineup. And and yes, you can say that, but at the same time, that they, they kind of makes you seem like a, a really trash trashy person, someone that you wouldn't congregate with at games, anyways. Um, yeah. And I, I saw that a lot on Twitter, and it was just it was very cringy. Uh, you got to remember, you know, these athletes—they are humans. You know, they have families. They have just can't just treat them, you know, like I see sometimes on Twitter directed at these guys. Um, you know, they're just trying to do the right thing. They're trying to be there for their families. Desmond, in my opinion, couldn't have done it any better. Mm-hmm. Super classy, class act. Been through, and I've always been a Desmond fan. I've always loved watching him play. Regardless, you know, I, I might get a little bit of flack for that because he wasn't, you know, the most consistent. But when he streaked, oh man, did he streak! Like yeah, I, I remember, there were some games where I was just like, man, if Desmond plays like he was like the X factor, like if Desmond played, if would have would have played as well as he as he did during those spurts, Rockies would have had you know much more success. I feel like oh, hundred percent. And like there was time, there was times what was it his first year here where he would just he'd be three for four two for four three for four three for four three for four and you're like if he plays like this for his contract oh my god this is a signing of the decade for the rockies people forget that you know they forget that initial he was he was a, a great eight offensive addition that first year and and you know he still had his pops but overall, I mean, just just watching that, watching that unfold, I think he did the right thing. You know, he's trying to be there for his family, like I said. Um, and, you know, at the same time, you, you got to remember everyone's human and everyone's going through this stuff together. And it's a very powerful time right now, just in regards with him being you know, a, a biracial player, too. I mean, that's had, you know, some impact on him as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, just having him come out and say that the way that he did. You know, you're not going to find people. You know, you're not going to find people trashing him for that. I don't think. No, um, and, and type of person. No, and and if they do trash him, like that's just that's shame on you. And guess what? Uh, everyday Rockies fans are not going to want you around, anyways. So if you want to be that kind of person, go on your way. But we're, we're just not going to have you around. Simple as that. And, 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 and the nice part about, I shouldn't say the nice part, but it's kind of a, that's a very poor choice of words when I just did that. Um, something that came out of Desmond opting out was the Rockies signing Matt Kemp to a, a one year prove it deal. It was kind of a, you know, that thing I was talking about last, last week with, you know, are we going to see an upgrade in the outfield? And Matt Kemp, I mean, he, people forget, I mean, he hasn't been as great recently, Jared, but people forget, I mean, he, you know, he finished, there was, there was a time in 2011, you know, he finished second in the, in the, in the NL MVP, mm-hmm. um, you know, batted 293, uh, he's a really just powerful center fielder. I remember when he played for the Dodgers, you know, you did not want to hit out there towards him because he would toss you out. Like he would get, you know, it, it was a liability almost. And then, did well with the Padres too, you know, average 25 HRs with the Padres, um, you know, and, and just 
Coors too. Matt Camp at Coors. I I swear the dude hits like 800 every time he's here. I actually looked it up. He 86 games as a a 616 slugging percentage. (laughs) Wow. That, uh, that, that, that just tells you like, like he's going to come here and he's going to love it. Yeah. I mean, 21 HRs home runs too. with that. He had a 327 app and you know, the people that are saying, Oh, Hey, he's old. Like, Hey, you know, he, he spent some, I don't know if people realize this, but he did actually spend some time in the minor leagues when he did, uh, when he was picked up by the Mets last year. So, so last year, you know, just picked up by the Mets eight games in the minors, but just because of the, because of the shorter season, because of the 60 game season, I think it's a really good signing. And I, I fully agree. And not only, not only that, but the Rockies just signed all their draft picks as well. So all five draft picks they got, and then they also signed an un, a, uh, un, a undrafted kid out of Kansas who went to Cherry Creek, which, which means in, in, in this signing period, the Rockies have picked two homegrown Colorado based kids. One of them is a pitcher at Douglas County. He's a right-handed pitcher who played in the uh, Rockies senior game last year. And then the other, I want to say he was also a pitcher, um, out of Cherry Creek. So you can tell there's a shift in the, in the management's man, uh, mentality where so. they, they want to bring in Colorado pitchers because they know Colorado pitchers can pitch here. And the, the, the thing I've always heard from people that even we grew up with when, when we had kids that we knew in our grade class who went off and played at Creighton, played at CSU Pueblo, played at Metro. The, the one thing we always heard was I can pitch here and it's so much easier to pitch at sea level. I mean, I had, you know, a uh, good buddy of mine, Kevin McGarry, he, he pitched, for CSU Pueblo, go to camp, uh, sea level camps, and, and learn how to pitch sea level. You know, he 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 ended up liking the. Camp. Yeah, and and it may not seem like a lot, but sometimes pitching at sea level is that big of a difference. But once you learn it and you know it, it's a lot easier to pitch there consistently. Yeah, yeah. and it's just yeah, it, people go into it. Uh, <laughs> It's it's interesting just to see you know how different the prospects are just because of where they're from, you know you got people pitching in high altitudes, you got people pitching in low altitudes, um, and definitely you know it makes sense to where you know if you're if you're playing high altitude and you know that Coors effect does have an effect on the game, uh, you know it's great to have people that know how to pitch in that. Yeah, exactly, and. I- the, the only downside to all these kids signing right now is that there's not going to be a minor league season this year. O- officially, there's not going to be. Yeah. So, the, and, and I mean, you know, just as well as I do, growing up, going to Sky Sox games, that was, that was the thing to do on Friday nights because they always had Friday night fireworks. It was, it was a great, you know, just awesome for the community and a lot of fun. You know, they're usually pretty high scoring games. Uh, <laughs> You know, but the the nice thing about those unsigned players, uh, kind of talked about it last podcast, but the league is offering them uh, that four hundred a week to live in Nashville, just in case someone gets hurt. So, so, so the so the Rockies there. are actually putting their guys in Albuquerque. The Rockies are putting their guys in Albuquerque. Uh huh. Okay. So I guess. I guess. So I guess Albuquerque and Tennessee. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to to see how how they're going to get guys to and from places. I I I wonder how much how much charter flights are going to be used, or if they're going to use commercial to get them there and back. Like like I know like when when they would call guys up, they just commercial them, but they get them on the first flight available. I I, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be only charter flights, and they're only going to charter flights in and out of um, Denver and in and out of Albuquerque. It would make sense, you know, if, if you really want to leave no doubts that that these players are going to be healthy. I mean, otherwise you could take like a, like a team bus, but I, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, just having having them all just being safe is is especially when it's this close and, and league actually was so close to being season and it took and it took you know the league commissioner uh rob manfred to say hey no we're we're having this 60 game season and and he's actually catching some serious backlash right now because he he came out and said that 
uh, there, there was no way we we're going to do anything higher than 60 games. Well, now he's backtracking because he realizes that could create a lawsuit because that, that was what the players were, were uh, inferring the whole time was that they don't want to go above 60. Yeah, they're like, it's 60, you know, that's what we agreed on. He, and he, it's just one of the, he, he felt like just his overimposing. I mean, I get he's the commissioner, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta think, you know, it, rightfully so he's catching a little, I mean, at least a little bit of flack for this. Yeah. So he's backtracking now and saying, well, I didn't mean it like that. Here's what I actually meant. And it, it's, it's very interesting to see where baseball is going to go in the next three to five years for sure. Um, there was a lot of strain on the league this year as far as just the players association and the actual league itself. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of strain. Um, and, and, and that's a shame with, with like such great things happening. Like, like when you go down and play the Mexico series, you, you have the Japan series, you have the, the Q or like some, I think they go to like Cuba sometimes. Um, they haven't gone to Dominican yet. And I, I know why. Um, and, and now this year they were going to do the field of dreams game in Iowa. So um, at a field that they were building right next to the original field of dreams site. Um, oh, wow. And originally it was going to be New York Yankees versus the Chicago, uh, Chicago White Sox. Okay. But it, it did get changed. Yep. They just, they just changed it this week. It's now going to be the Cardinals versus the White Sox because they're doing that, um, where you're playing AL West, NL West, NL Central, AL Central, um, AL East, NL East. So now it's, and now it's going to be the Cardinals instead of the, uh, instead of the, the Yankees, which honestly is going to draw more people in anyways, because you got a lot of diehard Cardinals fans who live in Iowa city, who live in Ames, Iowa. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, my mom's side of the family, at least, you know, uh, some of them are really big Cardinals fans, so they'll probably be tuning into that game, uh, seeing what's going to happen. But I am excited that, you know, we don't get to watch the game. It's basically like watching Rockies of old, and it makes me mad. There, and it's like, just. Yeah. And, and. There, there's. I, I want to get your opinion on this because this one is still just really blowing my mind. Because I, I, I look at this player and I go, he's got good speed. He's not a defensive liability. He's got a good bat. Yes, he's a little bit of a, of of, of an oddball character. But uh, how how is Yasiel Puig not signed by a team yet? I mean, it's tough. You know, he's definitely a name out there that carry some weight to it. I mean, Puig is one of those guys where, you know, just super, super good right fielder. Uh, I mean, he had, he had stuff. He, he was talking about the Braves. Uh, there was, there was some rumors about him going to the Giants. I mean, this whole thing where he is one of those guys that was really upset about the, about, about the, the, uh, the way things were going. And he had this big sort of announcement a week on, on ready to re- as far as just why you know why he hasn't been signed it, it's it's weird um yeah, i mean be asking for too much money i don't know but i i do know that he's had you know, meetings with the braves and yeah brave braves and the giants and, and here's the, I, I i just the thing i don't understand is that First career, his wins above replacement is almost 19. That's that's pretty good for a right fielder. And I mean, he's I, and he's played seven years in the league, and he was with uh, Cleveland and, and Cincinnati last year. And so in his career, he's hit a 277. So I mean, you're you're well above. You're, you're well above more than one in four at that point over seven years. So that's that's going to give you some pretty good, pretty good averages. He doesn't, and he gets on base more than people realize. He, he's got a 348 batting uh, on base percentage to go along with that 277, and he slugs 475. I, I mean, it'd be he, he'd definitely be signed as a DH, right? Hundred percent. Gotta be. Gotta be signed as this. But why, especially, especially right now with, with how the MLB is structuring their season, how is no team going, you know what? We could take you on 
and use you as a designated hitter. Uh, uh, why wouldn't you? You know, it's it's a short season, uh, lower risk of injury. Why wouldn't you add, you know, a little bit of firepower? And and this is also a guy who has been in meaningful playoff games. He was there with the Dodgers. He went to two World Series with the Dodgers. And I mean, in, in the first one against Houston, which I, I don't know how how well we can validate that because of, of everything that happened in 2017 that now came became public. He, he only hit a 148 in that series. Well, again, how do you know what that actually translates to? Um, and then in the other World Series, he hit two. He hit two fifty against Boston. So, it, in 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 his in his six in his twelve playoff series, he's hit a two eighty on base percentage of three fifty one and slugged a four twenty nine. This would be the prototypical guy to come in and be a DH in the playoffs. hundred percent. I also got to remember he did turn down the Marlins' offer. Um, they, they, the Marlins did. They, they did kind of offer him. You know, it wasn't, wasn't, you know, the best contract in the world. But the Marlins did. did they did. They, they wanted him to come back at a reduced price, mm-hmm. and he said. So, I mean, he's got to. He's got to think that you know he he is an asset out there. But maybe, you know, he he's getting a, a little bit on the older side. But maybe he is just going after, you know, more money. I, I, I don't know. It is definitely one of those things to keep an eye on uh, for sure, because I do think, you know, he's he should be signed by by. So, I mean, someone should pick him up. Right. He's, someone's got to. You would you would think. And I, I mean, his his advanced defensive metrics aren't good on the defensive side. Figured. But his offensive metrics like like we've been saying, he's a he's your proto he's your prototypical DH, and, and he, he, he I mean he was making nine nine and a half over the last two years, which I I understand he's he was worth that money, especially when he was with the Dodgers. He was worth that money. Um, but then they dealt him to Cincinnati along with Matt Kemp last year, and now and now he's kind of just looking around twiddling his thumbs, going, "Well, wait a minute, what what do I do now?" Uh, eh. The worst time to be out of a job, too. Yeah. This is yeah. It's it's definitely not one of the opportune times to do that for sure. Um, but uh, like I said, Yasiel Puig remaining unsigned might be one of the weirdest things that's going to happen right now. Um, outside of maybe like Christian Yelich and Mike Trout saying, "Oh, we're not going to play," which which that would blow everybody's mind. Coming to the Rockies. Would have thought that happened. That's 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 crazy. That's crazy enough. Just I mean, you know, I didn't think we were gonna get Matt Kemp this year. No, God no. And and I another another piece of Colorado news um, that happened earlier this week was um, Chad Bettis announcing his retirement from professional baseball. Oh really? Yeah. And and I I mean I I loved Chad Bettis the person. Um, I, I was his. Um, one of I was probably one of his biggest fans when he came back um, from his from a from cancer, and he he came back in his first game through seven uh, seven innings. I, I want to say he gave like three hits, one run, and it was just it was just a great return. But I mean, overall, and it's tough being a pitcher at Coors. I understand that. But with just with all the young arms, and, he, and he's not—he's not an old guy. He was only—he was only thirty years old last year, so he, he's not exactly a, an old guy. But he just—he—he he never pitched well at Coors. His best year of pitching in general was the 2016 season when he went 14 and eight, but he still sported a, a, a 4.79 ERA. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I'm. I'm just excited, you know. We're we're getting we're getting into the into the thick of things. Um, 
and just, you know, a whole bunch of news dropping this week. Uh, we'll, we'll try to do our best every week to, to get it to you guys. And, uh, like I said, we'll be, we'll be dropping episodes weekly on uh, Friday. Now, uh, Jared, as far as just some closing thoughts, anything you wanted to, uh, to add to, to this one here before we wrap, wrap it up here. I, it's, it's becoming very apparent to me that ESPN is running out of content. <laughs> this is just one of those random things where I have ESPN on ESPN on my TV right now, and I, I this is the third or fourth night in a row they're showing top ranked boxing, yeah. and I, it's like it's like, well, wait a minute, I, I don't, I, I'm going to change it here in a couple minutes because I have I have a recording set that's going to end in about 15 minutes um, for Ghost Adventures. Um, I'm really into that par- to the paranormal stuff. I I love Me ghosts too. like that. I've been that recently. That stuff is so cool. Like this week, um, have you ever heard the uh, of the Dubnik box or the or the Dubnik? Sorry, is what it is. The Dubnik box. I haven't no. So, I haven't. So it's a cursed box, and there's only one of it in the world. And the the rumor is is that whoever opens this box becomes cursed for the rest of their life. And um, this guy who owns the haunted museum in Las Vegas, Zach Bagans. Yeah. And he does Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. And he, he's doing a four-part series right now called Ghost Adventures Quarantined. And they've done, um, they've done stuff on serial killers. Um, he, just bought a re- he just recently bought a property right across the street from his uh, haunted museum where a lady died upstairs and there's a dark entity in there. So they went and uh, investigated that. And then in his basement of his museum, there used to be satanic rituals. And wow. so he went down there and just sat down there by himself. And dude, it was probably some of the craziest episodes I've watched. It was so much fun. And I, 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 I can't get my fiance to watch it. She won't watch it. Um, but I, I love that kind of stuff. And I don't understand why, but I've always just found it really interesting. Just that mystery of the unknown, you know? Uh, I, for one, I think there's definitely things out there. Like, I, you know, something else that kind of happened during quarantine, the government did confirm that, you know, those are real in the yeah and, and that was like the least talked about story of 2020 <laughs> guys there's aliens here what's the plan yeah i'm serious here <laughs> yeah it's like it's like oh yeah we know there's ufos okay um what? how much are you going to declassify for us then because there's been people saying that there's ufos for the last 20 30 years at least and, yeah. and, and, and there is some, some, there's definitely paranormal things that we'll never be able to explain. Um, like, like, like my, my uncle passed away when I was, gosh, I was like eight, eight or nine years old. And, um, my little brother and I bought, uh, got my dad a build a bear just cause I was just like one of like the easiest things to do when he came back, he had a build a bear that kind of resembled his, his brother who passed away. Um, and then in like 2009, 2008, 2009 area. We, um, our first dog who, who was, who's still the calmest dog, even though he's getting up in age, he, on, on my uncle's birthday who passed away, went up, grabbed that bear, set it down in the middle of the living room while we're all sitting there and then sat behind the bear. (laughs) Just like, like one of those like weird things where you're like, you know, we, we get it. We're, you're here and we see you, although we don't see you, we see you. It's just, it's just the paranormal stuff like that. It's just the coolest things to me. Oh yeah, definitely. And getting, just getting into more, just like of that, that more of that cryptid like lore stuff. Um, there's all sorts of just really weird stuff out there as far as uh, some, you know, some of it might be, you know, some of it might be, you know, debunked as far as some of that stuff goes, but uh Truth is stranger. Truth is stranger than fiction. A lot of times, and and we will never. A lot of times, we never even will know the full truth until, it, and, and until we pass on into the afterlife, and th- and that's the craziest part. Really, only know your version. Yep, you perceived it. Perception itself is just kind of. I I could get into something about itself too like just all the time i just love talking about that stuff it gets me going yeah um, <laughs> i don't think we yeah, got the time for that right now <laughs> about the the 105 mark so uh we're gonna go ahead and let you guys get on with the rest of your day uh thanks so much for listening everyone uh it, you know if you if you enjoyed the episode uh shoot us you know shoot us a subscribe on spotify 
uh, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter again. Uh, and, and thanks for listening. You know, thanks for thanks for tuning in. It's it's definitely nice to know that we're we're having these talks and you guys are, are listening. It really means just so, so much to us that that you guys are actively out there supporting us. And yeah, I I couldn't be more grateful. So, if, so and if, if you guys have any questions too, which don't don't be afraid to shoot us a message on Twitter. We we typically do respond. Um, Instagram, I, Twitter. I mean. Instagram, Twitter, every, every social media platform that we're that we're on, we will nine out of ten times respond. Um, if you have questions, feel free to shoot questions. If you have topics, we can cover topics. I mean, we just we just kind of pick out things throughout the week and <clears throat> just send each other messages, say, "Hey, we should talk about this," and then we just kind of create it and run with it. Um, but like I said, if if you guys like and like Joel said, if you guys like it, tell your friends, send it to your friends, say, "Hey, check this out if you like it," and then. Maybe they tell another friend and who knows, maybe become your guys' favorite podcast. And I mean, that would just, that'd be the, that'd be the coolest thing for us. So what we're trying to do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So again, um, my, my Twitter is at not Jared Shuck, S-H-U-C-K is the last name. And it's, uh, not Jared Shuck 20, uh, Joel James is at Joel James 15. You have been listening to the mile high pundit podcast. This is gonna be dropping on Friday, uh, July 3rd of 2020. And happy. we will be back yeah. next week. Um, happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Um, and we will catch you guys next week for another episode. All right, guys, take it easy. A good rest of your week and stay safe over the weekend. Most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning, they snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story. I'm writing, producing, I mix it, I master, I'm building my craft, and I'm not looking back. I've been going doing things I wanna do when I want to. Everybody wanna get away, but they not to. Everybody wanna copy you, but they not to. Everybody wanna get away, but they not to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.